North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, welcome back to Dr. Lowe's show. I am Dr. Laura Noel. So great to have you back for another episode. This show is all about health, wellness, personal development, mindset, just being the best version of ourselves that we can and being as healthy as we can be and enjoying this life. And the show tonight is all about that, how to bring this well life to life. How do we implement strategies to stay healthy, to have sweetness in our day, how to enjoy the life that we have, that it's not about getting to a destination. It's about enjoying the journey. And that's what the show is all about tonight. But before we bring on our guests and get into the meat of the show, if you are new to the show, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully you enjoy your time here. We have lots of previous shows you can go back and listen to to get caught up on things. And if you are a repeated listener, welcome back. If you've left a review over on iTunes, thank you so, so much. I so appreciate it. And if you've been listening to this show and you haven't yet, this is your opportunity. You can press pause. You can head right over there and leave me a review. I love the comments. I read each and every one of them, and they really do add a lot to the show. And the more comments and the more reviews we have, the more visibility and reach the show has. So I think you have kind of a responsibility to do it because if you are committed to this for yourself, then it's about spreading the love and sharing this message with other people. And I think especially in healthcare right now, this message really deserves to get out there for as many people to get as possible. So Press pause, head over to iTunes, leave me a review, or if you're an Android user, you can head over to Stitcher and leave a review there. I would so, so appreciate it. It means a lot. More information about me, you can head over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. I work with patients locally in San Diego where I live, and I also work with patients all over the country via Skype and phone. So if you are looking to get your health to the next level, maybe you want to look under the hood and get to the root of things. If you've been having certain symptoms and maybe you're just not getting answers from your doctor, I would be happy to work with you. We also have a whole team of doctors who can help. So shinenaturalmedicine.com, a little more about us. And then also want to give some love over to the show sponsor, Organifi. Yay. I love Organifi. I'm actually headed on a flight tonight back to San Diego and I have my little travel packs with me. Organifi is a It is a freeze-dried superfoods powder. It's basically a greens drink that's super easy. You just add it to your water and drink it, and it's delicious. It's even good for people who hate vegetables. And to pick pick up yours, you can head over to Organifi.com and enter Dr. Lowe at checkout. That's D-R-L-O at checkout, and you get 20% off the retail price, which is a really good deal. And I think it's a really good stocking stuffer, too. So spread the gift of health during the holidays and also be dead sexy drinking your uh, green drink while you're at it. All right, you guys, well, let's jump into the content of the show and here are my guests. 
All right. Welcome back to the show, guys. We have uh, two guests on the show tonight. I love when I can bring a couple on the air because I think that it's really a unique opportunity to hear about how some of these different areas are implemented in the midst of a relationship and just in real life kind of stuff. So I love that we can have this time tonight to interview um, a couple people who I really respect a lot. And we have Brianna Borton and Dr. Peter Borton on the show. They are the authors of The Well Life, which is about to be released. And by the time we publish this show, it's probably just released. And I have to say, I freaking love this book. Not only is it really beautiful, I mean, the, the, the cover I know they say not to judge a book by its cover, but I totally did because the cover is really, really pretty. But it's, it's, uh, it has a really cool balance of being um, actionable stuff and also really inspiring too. So it's fun to read. It's, it's, it has a bit of an artistic element to it. So I love this book. It's, I will honestly say it's one of my favorite books and I just got my hands on it and I've been digging my teeth into it, but I really, really love it. And I have a feeling I'm probably going to read it more than once. So I love this book, The Well Life. And a little bit about my guest. We have Brianna Borton. Uh, she is a wellness entrepreneur and, um, and both Brianna and Dr. Peter have both um, created the, um, the Dragon Tree, which is a business, a holistic day spa. So we can hear a little bit more about their business and about the two of them. They have a mission of creating a more peaceful world by helping people establish peaceful, meaningful lives. They're authors of, um, of the popular Rituals for Living Dream Book and the foundations of the Dragon, Freeze, Dragon Tree, as I said, which is... Um, a wellness organization with holistic spas in Portland and Boulder, um, as well as online courses, natural body care products, and resources for vibrant living. Um, as practitioners of Eastern medicine, they utilize this ancient wisdom to inform a balanced approach to the modern world. That's what it's all about, is we are in a modern world, so how can we bring some of these different uh, principles into our real life? So welcome to the show, guys. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And thanks yeah. for a glowing introduction. Oh, for sure. Well, you guys both really earn it. And um, I, as I mentioned, I love this book. And I, I would love to hear from both of you of what brought you into this world of medicine and, and natural living and, um, and, and ultimately what brought you to write this, this book. Uh, well, for me, I... I, th I think I did my first report on acupuncture when I was about 12, which was in the 80s when almost nobody had heard of it. Um, and that kind of uh, planted a seed, I guess. And then later in high school, I kind of became like the unofficial counselor to my peer group. And so I thought I was going to go into psychology, but I grew up in the area around uh, Salem, Massachusetts, where there were a bunch of witch witchcraft stores. And I started going into them and I found that most of them were kind of basically like medicinal herb stores. And I started to get really excited about medicinal herbs. And I switched from being a psych major to a botany major. And uh, I was just, I just had like a ravenous appetite for plant medicine. And I went on then to uh, get my doctorate in Chinese medicine, which has a really sophisticated uh, system of herbal medicine. And, uh, and, and along the way, I found a lot of opportunities to incorporate the psychological element into my practice. And for me, I, you know, I think it's so funny. I think both of our paths towards a healing, the healing world started really young. I actually was, I had graduated high school and I was on my way to art school. Um, I just moved to Paulsville, Washington, settled into my house with um, my girlfriend and was about to start art school and decided that I missed my boyfriend at the time who was living in Montana. So we got in the car and we're driving back to Montana in the middle of the night and I Got, we got into a major car accident and I broke my neck. Whoa. 
And during that time, the only thing that really helped me with the pain was massage and energy work, actually. So those two things, and I found a really wonderful practitioner and went to her every week and it was such a blessing for me. So after that, I, you know, I decided there were a few things I wanted to do before I died for sure. One of them was to live in Europe. So I moved to Europe and there I ran a hostel where all of these really, uh, these people that were really into healing just somehow came there. Maybe I just, we got into the conversation more because I was so interested in it. And so when I moved back to the United States, I decided to go to massage school. And then from there, I decided to become an Ayurvedic practitioner because I got really interested in that system of medicine too. So, uh, and then I think it just has, you know, I met Peter and he had such a, a depth of knowledge around healing too. So I was really excited to, you know, learn as much as I could from him as well. Yeah. So where did you two meet and how long have you been together? I'm curious. Uh, well, a, a couple of years after graduating uh, from acupuncture school, I took a job to get make some extra money at a spa in Portland um, where I was doing acupuncture and massage. And Brianna was there as a massage therapist. And that was 2002. And uh, well, we fell in love. Um, it was, uh, it was facilitated by an incident where I thought it would be fun to pull her around by her feet while she was sitting on a cart. Um, <laughs> we use these wheeled carts to bring big, uh, basins to people for foot baths. And, uh, I kind of miscalculated something and, <laughs> and, and the cart fell over and she went, she hit the floor on her sacrum on a, a cement floor. Like yowled in pain while there were a whole bunch of uh, customers <laughs> right there, and, uh, but that facilitated you know many sessions of uh, healing work for me to do on her and perfect. We had a lot of opportunities <laughs> to talk while I tried to make it up to her. Um, that was at the beginning of that, and then um, Brianna kind of always had zillions of ideas as to how the spa we were working at. Uh, could do things better. And she mentioned them frequently to the <laughs> owners who had mixed feelings, I think, about it. But but they were kind enough to say, you know, if you think you can do it better, go do it yourself and not like, <laughs> go get out of here. Right. <laughs> Start your own. And she did. Good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have had great success with that. So it's cool. So tell me, tell me, before we jump into the content of your book, I'm curious, tell me about Dragon Tree, what it's all about and some of the things that have come out of that, you know, little branches of a business. It looks like you guys have a few things that you're kind of juggling. Yeah. So we started, um, in 2003, our first spa in Portland and for, you know, that was kind of the big dream. People are like, Oh, did you always dream of having a business this big? And I'm like, no, I actually was just hoping that my spa would be successful. <laughs> um, that was like really the dream at the time. Um, and from there we opened another spa in the Portland airport. And then we, branched out, we had always made a lot of the things that we used in our treatments. We used, we made scrubs and we, you know, made essential oil mixes that we used with our massages. So we were always making things. Peter's making herbs for his clients. Um, and so we, at some point people were like, we want to take this home with us. And so we started our apothecary side of our business where we have bath and body products, we have muscle and joint relief products, and then we also have um, condition-specific tinctures, herbal tinctures that Peter um, formulates. And so we branched out into that part of the business. 
Um, then we moved to Boulder, Colorado and started a spa here. And um, while maintaining our spas in Portland and our manufacturing facility for our products in Portland. And, um, and then we surveyed our clients and one of the things that we heard from them a lot was, you know, when we're at the spa, we feel balanced and relaxed. And, you know, when you're using your products, we feel, you know, like less overwhelmed, you know, if we're using the anxiety tincture or whatever, but we feel like we still can't maintain balance outside of that, or we get still overwhelmed very easily, or we can't figure out how to make like my goals happen while also feeling like I'm enjoying my life. And so really brought us to expand our definition of what real well wellness is. And so from there, we branched out into creating a whole lifestyle aspect of our business, which we have a lot of online programs. And we also created our dream book and planner, which has been hugely needed apparently because it's been very successful. And then that led us into writing our book. Wow. That's great. And, and so so tell me, let's talk about the book. Let's dive into the book. So what's, what's the book all about? And, um, yeah. And so what, what, what was your goal with this book? I'm curious, what, how'd you write the book and, and what is it all about? And how is it maybe different from, from some of the other things that you've been doing with your business? Well, the goal of the book is to change the world. <laughs> and I mean, really, um, you know, regarding some of the things that Brianna was just saying, it, in our own private practices and just from encountering people who kind of saw what we were doing with our lives and how we had so much on our plates. Um, but we were managing to make things work, like bring our goals into reality. Um, we realized that there was a need to sort of expand our definition of wellness and that, it, you know, we had plenty of patients who, uh, had essentially functional minds and bodies, but who, whose lives didn't really work. They couldn't yeah. make things balanced. They couldn't, they weren't achieving their goals or their work wasn't really aligned with, you know, what they really wanted to be doing in the world. And so we started to look at that as the kind of the bigger picture of real wellness Yeah, the idea of like bringing your potential into the world. Um, and so that's, that's what the book is about uh, is kind of the, uh, the system that we came up with for teaching people how to create that kind of life um, in writing and it starts with things like having the psychological and physical foundation that's necessary to start really taking on bigger things and living your life more intentionally. And then it gets into, um, you know, kind of cleaning house and, and, and uh, shedding the things that are sort of holding you back. And then it gets into sort of goal setting and intentions and how to make that a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, uh, the, the title is The Well Life, and the subtitle, How to Use Structure, Sweetness, and Space to Create Balance, Happiness, and Peace. Even just saying that makes me feel happier, like especially the word sweetness. So one of the things you talk about in your book is how the sweetness is in the space. So what does that mean? Well, one of the things, so we talk about these three elements throughout the whole book and how you can apply structure, sweetness, and space to all the different aspects of your life in order to create more balance that is unique to you. And we both come from elemental systems that, you know, talk about how these, how elements should be in balance with each other and everyone will be unique. And so I think that it was very natural for us to, as we started to see, you know, what is it that we're doing to create a life like this? to start breaking it down 
and elements. And so the sweetness aspect of life is really the part of really enjoying and um, savoring life. So that, and that part of life is very nourishing to our souls. And so that really means so like taking care of yourself, maybe taking a hot bath and having wonderful conversations with friends. It also means, you know, taking the time to really enjoy what you're doing right now, whether or not that's working or washing the dishes to not put off enjoyment until later, not just later today, but also in every moment to bring that sweetness in. Mm, Yeah. That's, that's great because it's like, it's not, you know, once I'm doing this, then I'm going to be happy. Once I'm doing this, then I'm going to enjoy, you know, my day or my experience, but it's, but it's now it's, it's really a, I think a, um, a practice of, of being present and being mindful. Do you say that those tend to go together? Absolutely. I think, um, there's inevitably some sweetness to pretty much anything you might be doing if you're really, really present in it. And, um, uh, one of our favorite, uh, quotes on that idea um, is from Thich Nhat Hanh, who um, probably a lot of your listeners have heard this idea that you can wash your dishes to have clean dishes, or you can wash the dishes to wash the dishes. Mm. And And that very idea that like, rather than looking at the future and what the outcome is eventually going to be, and then things will be good. How about like right now, what is the richness that's available in this moment if I'm really here? Um, and as you, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, um, space, there is a really integral, uh, um, additional element to, uh, to allowing that to really open up and thrive in your life. And, um, and the space aspect is, um, is a certain kind of perspective by which, you know, your own thoughts aren't, entirely running the show and demanding a hundred percent of your attention. Cause there's so much more to the experience of life than the analysis and stuff that's going on in your mind. Um, and, and, and so we define space, not just as sort of, uh, the mental space to allow, um, healing and spiritual connection to occur, but space, uh, away from your devices with screens space where you can be out in nature and sort of remember the, the planet that birthed you. Yeah. Yeah. And so how can we put in more space in our lives? Is it just a matter of carving out that time to, like you said, go out and get some nature or, you know, how does this look in reality of having more space in our, in our life? Well, that kind of brings us to the, the third element of structure and structure is about, you know, getting from point A to point B and all of the things that support you in getting things done and having a life that really functions. And structure is really necessary in order to create the space and the sweetness, because a lot of times we, you know, may have the best of intentions to meditate daily or to get out into nature and really create that space for ourselves, but a healthy structure will make sure that it actually happens, you know, mm-hmm. it's scheduled into your day, it gets prioritized. And the more that we prioritize it and do it, the more we find that it happens throughout as well. You know, the more that you're taking 
taking the time to meditate, the more space occurs in all aspects of your life. You'll have more space between your thoughts and, and, and reacting to them. You'll have more space in all of your moments in order to be more present. And so practicing space and really making that happen regularly creates space. So it's like a self-fulfilling Thing. And so we really encourage people, especially at the beginning when there isn't a lot of um, practice doing so, to really use their structure to make sure that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that if it's important, it's scheduled. So for, for, for each of you, I'm curious how this looks. So in terms of self-care, what do you each have scheduled in your day to make sure you're taking care of yourself? Because you're both, you have, how many kids do you guys have? Two. So you have two kids busy business, obviously, you know, maintaining a marriage that can take some work as well. So, so I'm curious for, for each of you, what do you do to help keep self-care? And then do you have that scheduled? Um, some of it is scheduled and some of it is, it, it, it's been so routine for us now that, yeah. um, that we, it's just kind of an innate part of our schedule. Well, we right. live, we're lucky enough to live like a block away from the beginning of the Rocky mountains, the, the Eastern edge. Mm-hmm. So, um, almost every day we get out into nature and um, we also have daily practices of journaling. And uh, that always includes um, writing down the things that we're grateful for every day. And then we have rituals throughout our day um, to help us kind of tap, you know, sink in to the moment and um, tap into the qualities that we want to bring into our lives and, um, those occur, especially around meal times. But, um, if nothing else, even on a hectic day, we definitely make sure that we light a candle at dinner, that we do some tuning in with our kids. Um, and we really appreciate the process of nourishing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, exercise is a huge part of how we take care of ourselves. You know, I love dance class and Peter loves to go work out. And so making sure that we're moving our bodies and really honoring, you know, our temples and taking care of ourselves that way. Um, And then we also, you know, get in meditation every day and, part of something that we've just been doing recently is, you know, working through like a spiritual practice with a community of people. And that has been really changing for us too, which isn't something that we had ever done before. I guess we started it like two months ago about now and just having a, a, a group of like-minded people that we're able to, you know, reflect back different ideas with and to, you know, communicate about things that are on a deeper level for us. And so that has been really, that's really nourished my soul. Um, and then, you know, like taking baths and giving ourselves self massages and those kinds of self-care things that you would kind of generally think of. They're not things we, I think, do every day, but I definitely take a bath at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah love the bath time. That's one of the things I thought about, or I was very clear about when I was getting my house is, does it have a bathtub? (laughs) That's crucial. What about for people listening who say, well, I don't have time to do that. What would you say to them? Well, uh, in the book, we have a chapter at the beginning where we introduce eight practices that we consider to be like the most basic foundation for psychological and physical health. And we try to introduce those things in, you know, the, the, the most easy to assimilate and, you know, accessible kind of way for anybody. 
And uh, even if you don't have that much time to set aside for this practice in a pure way, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to turn the routines that are already part of your daily schedule um, into something a little bit more intentional by adding a, a, an element of ritual to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we have the same 24 hours, right? I mean, you have the same 24 hours as anyone listening and same as Beyonce, same as, you know, any world leader. I mean, we all have the same amount of time. So it's about, like you said, structuring it and having some intention with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that is one of the main things. I feel like a lot of times you have to have the, not just the willingness, but like a little bit of determination to mm-hmm. make it happen because I hear a lot of times like the, like excuses and, you know, sometimes they're valid and sometimes they're not, but you know, like I have kids or I can't do that because I work and I'm like, I, I have kids, I work, I have a husband, I have friends. I, you know, you just have to be more committed to doing it than you are to your excuses of why you can't do it. Mm. And I think that you start to get more creative when you're really dedicated to making it happen. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, need to see some value first sure. uh, because with a lot of these practices, they're really, it's, you know, it's a long game and it's not like you're going to see immediate changes in your life from say starting a meditation practice. Um, but if you, once you do start to see a little bit of, you know, how your, uh, you know, you have more energy or you're at greater peace or, life just simply seems less kind of crowded and cluttered and overwhelming. Um, I think that catalyzes a willingness to prioritize it even more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's like, I love what you said, Brianna is about, about having that determination and that being stronger than your maybe, uh, attachment to your excuses. And, and one of the things I love about the book is the tone of it is it's, it has a little bit of a tough love to it where it's, it's about, you know, Hey, it's, it is about having this personal responsibility and it's your choice to, to have this life. And if you really want this, this is what it, you know, is going to take and, and not being connected to those excuses. And, and you talk about um, different energy drainers and being conscious of energy drainers in your life. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah. Um, a big part of the the framework, I guess, that we use to uh, express that idea is this concept of Jing uh, that comes from Chinese medicine. And it's very similar in, to a, an Ayurvedic concept called Ojas, which is um, kind of like your unreplenishable life essence. And uh, essentially in Chinese medicine, it's thought that you get a certain allotment of Jing from your parents and the universe. And, uh, you can let it sort of unfold into the world at its own pace, uh, or you can kind of like push it and hasten it along and, you know, use your will to uh, kind of try to bring the future into the present right now. And doing so, um, it, it taxes you and it brings about potentially sickness or fatigue or premature aging or whatever. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so there's this idea that if if your re- if your your deepest reserves your jing are represented by like a well um and lowering the bucket into the well to bring those reserves into the present to push through some demanding situation through a use of will um that that's that's kind of an abuse of your reserves um that the that in contrast 
every night there's some rain that falls and fills the bucket as it sits at the top of the well. And that's replenished. That's what we call acquired essence. And it's something that's replenished every day through high quality sleep, um, nutritious food, eating in a way that allows you to assimilate that food really well, having loving interactions and anything else that really nourishes you. So there's a lot that can be done to, um, well, well, the idea is that you can live entirely from that rain that falls each day and fills the bucket at the top of the well, excuse me, and never really have to tap into that reserve energy, except in like a genuine fight or flight worthy situation of which very few of us have, you know, more than a handful in, in, in your entire lifetime. Mm, I love that visual. I'm such a visual person. That is really cool. And I, that's why when you started to talk about it, I said, well, is, is, is all you have is just the well, you know, it's like, I was waiting for that part. Like, well, how do we, how do we fill that part up for ourselves? And, and I think that visualization of, of that uh, rain coming down is such a sweet way to see it. And that there's things like you said, sleep, food, the loving um, connections we have with people. And it's really powerful. Thanks. Yeah. I hope that that resonates for people who are listening or people who read the book too. Um, and it's, it's one of the reasons why we wanted to draw a little bit on the Eastern medicine backgrounds that we have, because they spoke so, you know, richly uh, in metaphors that come from observation of the natural world. And we think that's a kind of a language that's in everybody and that everybody really intuitively understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how, in your experience, and this is probably getting a little into your guys' personal life, which I hope is okay. Um, how can we bring in the well life into a romantic relationship, maybe context of a marriage or in a romantic um, partnership? How can we, how can we do that? Well, at the beginning of the book, we really talk a lot about creating personal integrity. Um, and you know, that means doing what you say you're going to do and building up your, belief in yourself when you, you know, in your words and knowing that what you say you're going to do, you're going to do. And I know that for us in our relationship, it is something that is so essential to making things work because undoubtedly, you know, we've been together for 14 years. We have two kids, we run businesses together and there are going to be times when you disagree, but if you have a lot of integrity around, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and upholding the commitments that you've made to each other, you're able to go move through things in a in a wholly different way because you are both in alignment with your words that you've used with each other to make agreements. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's helping to restore that personal integrity is, is crucial. And I, I don't know where I picked this up or where I heard this, but every time we break our word, the, the experience of ourself diminishes kind of the, our experience of, of our, of the size of who we are, the power of ourself, it kind of diminishes. So acknowledging when we have an, a broken agreement, say, I, I say I'm going to be at a certain place at a certain time and it doesn't happen. It could be something as simple as that. Or maybe there's, um, you know, maybe there's been a cheating in a relationship or something like that, where it's, it might be something that seems a little bit bigger, but in each situation, it's, it's, it's not, um, honoring our word. And so then the experience of ourself can diminish and that can, can be connected to our own personal confidence or feeling like we have power. So, um, is that kind of what you mean by that, by acknowledging those broken agreements and restoring that? 
Yeah. And I think that just really honoring the relationship as, you know, an entity in itself as well. Yeah. You know, you're having an honoring and a commitment going back to that relationship again and again and again. And that's not to say that you're perfect. It's just to say that you'll, you have the willingness to continually uphold the agreements as much as you possibly can and a commitment to creating a certain um, quality of relationship as well. And we talk a lot about commitment in the book as well, not just commitment in a romantic relationship, but commitment to your dreams and goals, because a lot of times you have this idea of commitment as being like boxed into a corner and really commitment is a, a choice. You know, it's a, an ongoing choice to not just show up, but to show up with the energy and the, um, state that you were promising that with like you know you make a commitment to coming to a job so you take the job they say they're going to pay you x amount you say you're going to do the job there is um an underlying agreement there that you know you're you that there's more to it than that, that you're going to do your best. And when you start going to work and you stop doing your best and you start having a bad attitude, you're really falling out of the commitment that you really were making when you decided to take that job. And it really can impact your whole life to feel like there's an aspect of your life that you are in, that you are like half committed to, like you're still Mm -hmm. going to work, but you're not bringing your whole self to that anymore. Right. Exactly. And, and, and we can make excuses for ourselves, right. And get into this victim mentality. It's like, Oh, well, my boss is a jerk or because, uh, you know, my, my job is boring or we can make excuses where we're not bringing our hundred percent, but if you're not bringing a hundred percent, you know, bring it, bring a hundred percent or find a different job. That's where we're bringing that power and that responsibility into what we're doing. Yeah. So that same kind of mentality, of course, happens all the time in relationships where we feel like our partner isn't showing up 100%. And so we're not going to show up 100%. We're going to withdraw our level of participation to a degree that we consider to be appropriate uh, to, you know, to what they're uh, offering or, you know, possibly we're going to punish them by pulling out even a little bit more. Right. And and so, yeah, this idea of commitment probably you didn't just commit to simply like be there until your partner dies. Um, (laughs) But you committed to like a quality of presence with them where you would both uh, bring like a a certain level of enthusiasm to supporting each other in a way that, um, that allows for something that's, you know, greater than the sum of its parts. It's um, when we look at like the, the yin yang symbol in Chinese medicine, which a lot of people think of as like a symbol of two. Um, There's actually, to me, it's more like a symbol of three. There's like two parties involved. And then there's kind of that like S curve between the two. And that's like the relationship, Mm -hmm. the energy of meeting each other and what gets created and what gets brought up. And so um, maybe the biggest commitment is that needs to be there is like a desire to be your best self and to grow and to learn from it, because of course you're going to get your buttons pushed um, but one of my, my most influential teachers used to say when he got his buttons pushed, he would say, thank you for showing me my buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. How can we bring this into the context of parenting, having the well life in the midst of being a parent, both in 
taking care of ourselves and also for helping to model and, you know, educate our kids with this kind of life. Well, you know, uh, most parents realize pretty shortly into the process that um, their children are watching and witnessing everything they do, even when they're not specifically interacting with them. Um, and in fact, it's like a very clever way to manipulate your children <laughs> is to have conversations between the two of you while your kids are, you know, secretly listening and uh, talking. <laughs> they're so impressed by how they're keeping their room so clean. Um, Love it. Of course, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, in fact, today we are sort of our, one of our morning spiritual lessons in this process that we're going through is this idea that... Um, that our thoughts and mentalities aren't really private to us alone, but that in some way we're sort of like, uh, you know, our, the way that we conduct ourselves um, affects the whole world. And that's especially true uh, for the relationship between parents and children. Um, and so you recognize this huge opportunity to be modeling health for your children um, and, and you can't really fake it. And so it becomes like one of the best possible reasons to do it. If, you, if you're not going to do it for yourself, like do it because these little innocent creatures uh, are going to be watching and taking mental notes. Um, so yeah. one of the most important ways that we do that in our household is in terms of like these three elements is um, maintaining a good structure in the house in terms of like how the, the daily routine goes and the weekend goes and so on. There are things that we do every day, um, just daily kind of basic routine stuff and more sort of like ceremonial sort of stuff um, that I think gives the kids uh, a feeling of uh, that, that there's like, like it's like a gravity or like the, the solid ground beneath them. Like there's an expectation that things are going to have a certain sameness that they can depend on. And then having space that we deliberately, you know, we're putting our devices away. We don't bring out our cell phones at the dinner table and we specifically open space for, you know, something to come in that's beyond uh, the sort of blabbing of our own minds. Mm -hmm. And finally, we really prioritize sweetness and we have a practice of like pointing out the sweetness when, you know, anytime anybody thinks of it. Um, we're all totally welcome to say like, I'm grateful for this or that, or I think it's really sweet that, you know, this or that happened or, um, you know, a friend came over and, you know, we really helped them with something. Um, and when your, your kids see you modeling that kind of behavior, generally they've got a million more ideas, you know, even than we do, we're kind of mired in the politics and stuff that are going on now, mm -hmm. but kids, I mean, you know, they're so fresh and, 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 and they see like beauty all the time. And once they're sort of tuned into that and they recognize how much that enhances their lives, um, you know, they're, they're massive contributors to the atmosphere of the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely see our older daughter. I mean, and our, our younger daughter is just like a bundle of sweetness, like, because she's just like a joy. And our older daughter's very, very sweet as well. And she is often like commenting, like when her younger sister is like being really sweet or being really cuddly to her or doing something really cute. She's always pointing out like, oh, look how adorable this is. Oh my God. <laughs> Take a picture of this. It's amazing. So there's a lot of that in the family culture that we've created. Yeah. I think that that is 
I think a lot of times we want like the parenting like words to use or like the exact thing to do. And I think that more than any of that, it's about creating a family culture that really reflects the, you know, core values that you want to express to them and the interactions that you want to engage with, with each other. Mm-hmm. And I know that for me, you know, I, I was at a conference with mama Gina one time and she said something and not, I'm not going to quote her exactly. Cause I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she said something along the lines of, you don't have to lose. You don't have to like be self deprecating You don't have to teach your children to be self-deprecating. You just have to do it in front of them and they will learn to do it to themselves automatically. Right. And that to me was like the such a pivotal point for me to be like, I have got to get like my confidence in order because I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would have necessarily done it for myself, but I'm surely going to do it for my girls. And so the whole bunch, uh, we have a whole section in our book about confidence and the things that create it and all of those things. And I think for children to see their parents being confident and their parents expressing that outwardly is it really does seep into who they are. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that you just brought up confidence because the last piece I really wanted to, to touch on was the topic of self-worth. I think it's really a powerful um, area that you, that you cover in your book. And I just want to pull out a, a little snippet from your book. And you say that your self-worth is a fact. It's not variable at all. The only variability is in your awareness of this fact. And then uh, a few paragraphs forward, you say, therefore, working on self-worth is kind of a funny thing since it's not your worth that needs to be worked on, but your remembrance of your worth. Can you yeah. guys touch on that? Yeah. We, um, you know, the, the term self-worth and self-esteem often get used interchangeably. And so we felt, um, we felt it was important to make a distinction between them because as we see it, self-esteem is something that's highly variable. It's something that can be manufactured. It's something that can be destroyed in an instant by somebody saying, you look stupid in that outfit or whatever. Um, and self-worth is, as you just read from, from that uh, snippet there, is a fact. It's, it is your simple worth as uh, an expression of the divine or however you'd like to see it. Um, and it's, and your self-worth is something that, you know, if you became like a quadriplegic would not be damaged where your self-esteem might be because you get that so much more from uh, your sense of who you are in the world and how other people perceive you, but your worth and your ability to experience the full spectrum of what uh, being a human organism is and to, uh, you know, to turn negativity into positivity and be, um, a positive force among everyone you interact with. That's, you know, that's something that's, um, available to you no matter what and who you are. Yeah. And and the whole idea that it is, you know, it is a fact and that the only difference is your awareness of it. And this is where so much of our work is in the world is to become more aware of the essence of who we are, because the essence of who we are is where our self-worth is born from. And so there's all these things that get in our way along the way as we're growing up, you know, we gather thoughts and ideas about ourselves that are really negative and are clouding the vision of 
seen who we really are. And so a lot of times you are able to access more of that when you're in a meditative state or when you're creating a spiritual practice. And that's why we encourage space so much, not just for all the other benefits, but also because it really does kind of have help sweep away some of what is on top of your self-worth, clouding it from your vision. Mm-hmm. Yes. Get that clarity, get a break from all the noise and all the, just the, you know, it's like the, it's almost, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's, um, the static, you know, the static of life and it's getting that quiet clarity and remembering the thing is, is that it's about, it's, it's about remembering who we were when we were a kid and we would dance around naked and not care who was watching. Right. That's like our authentic self, who we really are. That's our joy. That's who, that's our bliss. And we forget and we get distracted and we believe stories and lies about ourselves. And, and when we're continually, like you said, looking at our, our phones or computers, always these distractions, it's, it's just more noise. And so I, I love, I love that just getting back to self and just it's about remembering who it is we are because all of us at this moment, all of you listening are perfect, whole and complete in this moment. And there's nothing to change or fix. You are just in this moment. That's a fact. And if you don't think that about yourself, then you're believing something that's not true. And so it's really about kind of pressing that reset button. And, and I I see the principles you have in this book as being the structure and the how to, to get to that place and to keep it there really. Um, so I, I just think it's, 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 it's so powerful. It's such an amazing um, message that you've packaged in this really pretty book. So I just want to acknowledge you both um, for the work that you're doing, for being such a great example of how to, how to actually do it in reality of, of having balance, having that sweetness in the midst of a modern life. You know, um, it sounds good, but really you are doing it. So um, just want to acknowledge you both for doing that. And Dr. Peter, I hope I get to meet you at some point in person, give you a big old hug. Um, Cause I know I've gotten the, the pleasure of meeting Brianna and, you know, getting to know her a little bit. So yeah, I'd be happy to. Where are you, by the way, geographically? Well, right now I'm actually in Longmont recording this at my parents' house. Um, oh. I to stop by and, and see Brianna and grab a book in person. So um, my folks live here, but I live in San Diego. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. And I did live in Portland for many years. I went to naturopathic school there at, at NCNM. So I know oh, the great. area. So, yeah. Um, but again, thank you guys just so much for being here and spending your time with us. And I love that I had the ability to have both of you on the show. I love when that can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and so for people listening, where can they keep following with what you're up to? And, and also, when is the book actually released? The book is actually released December 2nd. So um, they can awesome. find the book on thewelllifebook.com. Um, and then we have our website, thedragontree.com, which has all, you can kind of link to everything that we do from there. Um, and then Peter and I both have our own websites too. If you want to just hear from us personally, uh, peterborton.com and briannaborton.com. Amazing. Well, thank you guys again for being my guests and have an awesome rest of your day. And we will talk real soon. Wonderful. Thank you Thanks, so much, Lauren. Lauren. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.
North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.